So today, we are talking about what it looks like when the devil brings you to the edge. Oh, it's a big topic. It's a big topic. We're talking about what it looks like when the devil brings you to the edge. Now, here's the deal. If you're new to church and you're checking in and you're wondering what this whole thing about Jesus and Christianity is all about, you, maybe you don't like hearing the term the devil or Satan or the enemy. Maybe you think, well, the Bible is only supposed to be about the good stuff and that's the only stuff I want. But I would encourage you this morning that unless you know what the enemy is about, you won't know the full strength that your heavenly father in heaven truly has. See, this morning we want to help you understand what it looks like and how the enemy tries to get a hold of you and how you can take a stand against that. Now, the old saints that are checking in this morning, I know you know what it looks like to take a stand against the enemy and his schemes. So if you want to, write in the comment section right now, you can quote Ephesians 6.10. You can go and punch it in there. What does it look like to take a stand against the enemy and his schemes? I want you to be active in that comment section. Encourage the generations under you to dig into the word this morning. But for the rest of you, we want to take a good look at what it looks like to take a stand against the enemy and his schemes. Because the reality is, is in the world that we live in, and the people that are around us, there's an enemy that is common to every one of us, and it is not the person that's sitting next to you. So if you're sitting next to your spouse or your kids, or, or you know, maybe you're just by yourself looking in the mirror this morning for some reason, I want you to say, hey, you're not my enemy. You're not my enemy. You're not my enemy. Hey, Liam, behind the camera, you're not my enemy. Paige, you're my daughter, but you're also not my enemy. Gore, we're friends. We're not enemies. The people around you, even the ones that you really don't get along with, and yes, some of them might be in your own household with you, they're not your enemies. But we actually have a common enemy that is there to cause us grief and cause us destruction. We have a common enemy that desires to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's important to understand the capabilities of that enemy so we are not caught off guard. You see, often we think sometimes that the devil is nothing more than that little red-horned character that sits on our shoulder and the angel sits on the other side. And, and this guy just wants us to do a couple of silly things to cause us some trouble. But the reality is, is the enemy desires to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he's about. That's the business and the line of work that he is in. He is an enemy of God, and he is certainly an enemy of all the believers. The common enemy that we have here on this world. The enemy that we face isn't race. It isn't cultural or class division. It isn't wealth or poverty. The enemy we face isn't in our workplace or even in our homes. It's important to remember that, and we'll get to that in a moment of what that really looks like. But today I want to ask you these big questions. Who have you been fighting with? Who are you in the business of blaming today? Maybe you're blaming somebody in your life. Maybe you're blaming the government. Perhaps you're blaming yourself. Who are you having murderous thoughts about? What do you keep falling for? What do you keep falling into? What is robbing you of your peace? What's robbing you of your joy? And you might think this morning, well, pastor, I'm a Christian. That kind of stuff shouldn't be bothering me. It shouldn't be affecting me. I'll tell you what, this morning, church, if you are a believer, you better believe that the enemy wants to take you down. But you do not need to be afraid. 
This is not a message to bring you to a place of being afraid. Because in the Bible, did you know that? In the Bible, it says 365 times, once for every single day of the year, do not be afraid. The Bible isn't about making you afraid. The Bible is about the message of Jesus that liberates the captives, breaks the chains off of you, opens those prison's doors, and sets you free so that you can have life in abundance. The enemy is the one who wants to keep you captive and afraid. But the Bible, in Jesus Christ, calls you to stand up and not to be afraid. The message for this morning is to help you realize That even though you can know your enemy, you don't need to be afraid of your enemy. The devil can't touch you, and he can't harm you when you are bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. But he can sure bring you to the brink of breaking yourself, hurting and harming others, and he can tell you enough lies to bring you to the edge of destruction. How do you recognize what those things are? How do you take a stand against those things and be bolstered against the attacks? I'm going to tell you the story this morning. There's a lady I know who is a believer. She loves Jesus. God has gotten a hold of her heart and ministered to her in wild and miraculous ways. She loves Jesus and has allowed Jesus to come into her life and begin ministering to her spirit. And who she used to be compared to who she is today are two very different people. And when Jesus got a hold of her life, he took all that mess and he washed it away. He put it to death. It was gone, dead, and buried. Even the sin, the things that she used to do that were against God's perfect plan for her life, God dealt with those things as well through Jesus. And her life was ministered to. The brokenness was being mended and restored. Healing and life was pouring into her. And then challenges arose. Not challenges in the way of The bills are hard to pay, and somebody cut me off in traffic. Challenges of the spirit. Challenges of the heart. They began rising up. And this lady was feeling conflicted and was struggling. And she knew that there was strength in Jesus, but she was coming face to face with the work of the enemy. You see, the work of the enemy is sneaky. It's a sly. It sneaks right on in under the radar and then begins expanding and growing and multiplying. And you see, this lady, even though she was bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus, she began listening to the lies of the enemy coming into her life, whispering that she's worthless, useless, would never be loved, No one could care for her. People are out to get you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to destroy you. And these thoughts became so rampant and so destructive in her life that she was brought to the end of herself almost to a place of taking her own life. 
You see, the devil cannot take your life, but he can bring you to a point where you may take yours. And as this lady was wrestling in this, calling out and reaching out, she was brought to a place of just having to get on her knees before God and call out to Jesus. And it was all that she could do to be in that place of rest where God calmed the storm. She made a choice in that moment to not go forward with the things that she was tempted with, but rather to take a stand against the enemy and his tricks. And as she took a stand, the enemy fled from her. And Christ came and brought ministry to her. Maybe you've been in this place before in your life. Maybe you've been in a similar situation. Whether you are a Christian or not a Christian, maybe you've had this onslaught of mental and spiritual attacks that bring you so low you don't know if you can go on anymore. But I want to tell you this morning that there is hope in Jesus that it will actually be okay. And the reason why I want to share that message with you this morning is because the church is to be an empowered people to take a stand against the enemy as tricks. A church is called to be a people that is empowered to go out and share the love and the truth and the joy and the life and the hope that is in Jesus Christ. We are not called to be an impotent people or a weak people. We are called to take a stand. And like it says in the Bible, 365 times we are called to not be afraid. Turn to your neighbor this morning, your friend this morning, and say, do not be afraid. Do not. Do not be afraid. If you're by yourself, open up your window, yell out at the streets. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid! Yell it out your windows. The police won't show up, I promise you. It's going to be okay. I can hear the sound guys in the other room. They're yelling it out. Do not be afraid. Bunch of weirdos. So we want to ask this morning, are these questions, okay? We want to ask these questions this morning. We want to understand and know who our enemy is. We want to understand and know who our enemy is this morning. And it is not the person sitting next to you. It is not the person on the street in the community. It is not the person that is talking to you on the television. That's me right now. I'm not your enemy. The enemy isn't even the people who've done wrong to you. It's not. So I want to ask you these questions, and you can write them down and go through this list. Maybe if you're in the comment section, you can write these questions down so we can see them and look at them. The question this morning is, who have you been fighting with? We want to know our enemy because he knows us. So I ask you this morning, who have you been fighting with? Who are you blaming for your circumstances? Who are you having murderous thoughts about? What do you keep falling for? What do you keep falling into? Maybe that's addiction. Maybe that's running after temptation after temptation and then succumbing to it. What is robbing you from your peace? Right now, think about that. What's robbing you from your peace? What is robbing you from your joy? Think about that right now. I'm sure if you're watching today, you can, you can think about something on every single one of these points. Maybe it's a name. Maybe it's a circumstance. Maybe it's a people group. Maybe it's a church. Maybe it's a circumstance from when you were a child. What's going on right now? 
So we want to look at this morning, what does the Bible say about our enemy? I asked you those questions, and I'm sure some names came up, and I want you to verbalize for this moment that those people are not your enemy. It might be hard to do because there might be a lot of hurt there, but I want you to take a moment, be strong and be brave, and call it out for what it is. Make a choice this morning to say that those people in those circumstances are not your enemy. This is what the Bible tells us about our common enemy, the real enemy, the one that desires to bring ruin to us and cause separation between us and God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, In their case, the God of this world, that is not our God, by the way, this is small g God. I don't really know if I wrote that the right way or if I have to do it backwards. But it's small g God, the God that is not our true God. You see, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That's how we get to understand what the enemy does. He desires to cause blindness, to keep you from seeing what's real, and he lives, causes you to live in a fog of unreality and untruth so that you are kept in a place of being afraid. It says again in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it's of no surprise that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Be aware of what is going on. Don't be afraid, but be aware. When you couple these two together, I love this. It says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, so it is of no surprise that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. It goes on to say in 1 Peter chapter 5, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a lion roaring, seeking to steal, kill, and destroy, looking for someone to devour. Church, I want you to know this morning that the enemy is the deceiver. He prowls like a roaring lion, seeking to devour you. This isn't the little red-horned, hatted devil that sits on your shoulder trying to get you to buy a chocolate bar when you're watching your waistline. That's just called having self-control. Get some self-control. What this is talking about this morning is the reality that Satan, our common enemy, wants to ruin your soul. He wants to change your eternity. And he wants to separate you from Jesus. It says in 1 John, Beloved church, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God or not. For many false prophets have gone out into this world. Church, you need to be aware of what you're entertaining. You need to test and see and know what is from God and what is not from God. It says in the scriptures that even the elect will be deceived. If God has ministered to your life and he has called you and spoken to you and drawn you near to him, do not be deceived by things that seem good but aren't from God. Test these things. Test them. 
against the word of God. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Whosoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. It doesn't say that if you have sinned, you're from the devil. We've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. And me, probably twice on Sundays. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but that does not mean that we are from the devil. Because what happens is we sin, we experience remorse, we experience guilt, which we ought to because we're doing something separate from God's perfect plan. And then in that recognition, we get on our knees and say, God, please forgive me. And he is faithful to forgive and wash those things from us so they're no longer counted against us. But Satan is the accuser who will hurl insults at the saints day and night and make you think that you have not been restored and healed from God. But it says here, the ones who make a practice of sinning. It's making a business out of it. A career. You see, the devil has been sinning from the beginning, it says. I like that rhyme, the devil's been sinning from the beginning. Turn to your neighbor and say, The devil's been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of of the enemy. If you're joining in this morning, church, please know that Jesus is there to destroy the work of the enemy so you aren't held in captivity any longer. It says in John 8, you are of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth within him. And when he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and is the father of lies. Let's go back to what we asked you earlier. Who have you been fighting with? What is robbing your joy? What lies have you been believing? Because today, it is your opportunity to take a stand against the enemy and his schemes and no longer believe the lies of Satan and yet choose today to stand on the truth that is in Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus has set you free, you are free indeed. You no longer need to be held captive by the things of this world, by the things that once enslaved you. You have freedom in Christ Jesus. So as we're looking at this this morning, and we've identified a little bit about who our enemy is and how he operates, the next question is, what do we do about this? What do we do about this? I want you to turn to your neighbor again, get on in your street corner, open up your window and say, do not be afraid. Oh no, you guys, it's weak. It's weak. I want to feel your breath on me, even though we are social distancing this morning. Do not be afraid. That was all right, but I still think that we could probably get the volume out there a little bit more. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That's right. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You see, Satan wants to keep you afraid and scared. He wants to rob your joy, rob your freedom, rob your hope, and take away your peace. But that is not the plan that God has for you. God's plan for you is to give you life and life in abundance. So what does the Bible say? First of all, it says, do not be afraid. As we look at what the Bible says, sometimes people take that and they twist it and they change it. And and 
for some reason, there are groups out there that want believers to be afraid. That is not what God has called us to be. He has called us to be a fearless people that takes a stand in the midst of hardship, that takes a stand in the midst of challenge, that even takes a stand in the midst of adversity and temptation and chooses to go the other way in Christ Jesus. Do not be afraid. Jesus said that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And he also said this. He said, I come so that they may have life and life in abundance. If you're tuning in this morning and you have not had life in abundance, if you haven't experienced the joy of God, that doesn't mean that your bank account is super rich and your portfolio makes you seem so wealthy and you have a giant roof over your head. I'm not talking about the things in this world that make it seem like we have abundance. I'm talking about the abundance in your heart. Do you have an abundance of joy even in spite of your circumstances this morning? Did you know that Jesus can give you joy even when the devil's tried to rob it from you. Jesus can give you joy even when the devil has tried to rob it from you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him that this morning. Jesus can give you joy even though the devil has tried to rob it from you. First Corinthians chapter 10 says this, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to the people around you. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Maybe you've fallen into the midst of that temptation this morning, but I want to encourage you, church, to know this, that even though you have been tempted, it doesn't mean that you have sinned. Sometimes we feel, and the enemy wants us to believe this, that if we've been tempted, it means that we've sinned, so we might as well go the extra mile. There's no point in turning back. We've already screwed up. We can't be helped. But the truth is this. No matter what the circumstance is that you are in today, if you have been tempted or you are in the midst of temptation right now, you can choose to stand up, turn around, and walk the other direction from it because Christ has given you the strength to do so even in this very moment. It says this, but with the temptation, Jesus will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And finally, church, this is the one I think some of you have been waiting for. We ask ourselves the question, well, how can we stand? How can we stand in the midst of all the mess that's going on. Maybe you're asking yourself the question this morning, how can I stand even though I'm just so full of anger? How can I stand when I've just been so full of weakness? How can I stand when I've just been so broken by the stuff that's gone on in my life? How can I stand this morning when I just feel so crippled? You see, God knows what we will face and he has prepared a way for us to face it with victory today. And I love this passage. The saints, the old saints who are tuning in this morning, I know you know this and you can say it along with me because you have got it memorized. The young saints who are tuning in, you get a chance to listen along. And if you want to open up your Bibles this morning, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And we're going to look at the armor of God because we are in a daily...
battle, and that battle is not against flesh and blood. That battle is against the spiritual forces of evil in the unseen realms. It's not against your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I'm not battling against you. Tell your spouse, I'm not battling against you. Shout out your window to the guy down the street, I'm not battling against you today. Go online, punch it on your Facebook feed. This battle is not against you. People might ask, well, who's it against? You can say the battle is against the spiritual forces of evil and the unseen realms. They might think you're nuts. doesn't matter. What matters is this. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil and his schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against our neighbor, not against our boss, not against our spouse, not against our children, not against the tax folks, not against the government, not against the police, not against the legal system. Our battle is not against the guy down the road from us. Our battle is not against the atrocities that happen in this community or around the world. Our battle is not against our captors, our insulters, our abusers, our dictators, battle is against the spiritual forces of evil in the unseen realms. That's right, there is stuff going on that we can't see, but it's affecting us. Just like the wind comes through and blows, we don't see it, but we can see the effects. And sometimes the effects of what happens in the unseen realms can topple even the most solid trees. And we wonder, what is going on here? Where'd that even come from? Therefore, it says, put on the full armor of God. So then when that day comes, when that day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Stand firm with the belt of truth that's buckled around your waist. If you're in your room today and you're not standing already, I want you to stand up right now. We're going to do what they do in Sunday school. We're going to put on the armor of God this morning. So I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to put on the belt of truth, that's right, and buckle it around your waist. I want you to take that belt, they got the whole teams out here, they're putting on their belt of truth. So you take that belt of truth and you buckle it around your waist and you put on that breastplate of righteousness in its place. And with your feet fitted, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's right, put those shoes on of the gospel of peace this morning. In addition to all this, take up that shield of faith. That shield of faith is going to extinguish the fiery arrows of the enemy. Put on that helmet of salvation. So good, it's so good to see the, the production team over here and they're putting on like their kids in Sunday school class. Put on that helmet of salvation and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And you take your stand this morning against the enemy and his schemes and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and with all kinds of requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. We want to be in prayer for the Lord's people. That's you. That's me. That's this church. That's the churches tuning in around the world. Be in prayer and take a stand right now against the enemy and his schemes. Don't fall into the trip traps 
or fall into the snares or fall into the entanglement this morning. You have a choice today. The choice is yours. Today you can choose. You can choose to not be defined by what the enemy has done to you. But rather be defined by what Christ has done for you. Today, you, church, can choose not to be defined by what the enemy has done to you, but rather be defined by what Christ has done for you.